welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast in which we talk about every episode of Degrassi, The Next Generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about episodes seven and eight of season two, Shout. And this one was definitely a difficult episode. Um, So I'm just going to read the first part episode summary, and then we can talk about the first part and then read the second summary later. So, according to the Degrassi Wiki, the Degrassi Panthers have a new star soccer player, Spinner. His victory is even sweeter when Paige agrees to a movie. When the losing team's defensive back, the gorgeous Dean, invites a smitten Paige to a house party, she cancels on Spinner. At the party, things are going great with Dean until Spinner shows up. Trying to hide, Paige takes off upstairs with Dean. When things start to go farther than Paige is ready for, Dean won't take no for an answer. So, you guys, this is a very difficult episode. Um, we are going to do our best. Um, it is triggering on many levels and difficult. And it's also extremely topical for all the things that are happening right now um, with, this, with uh, what's going on in Stanford, um, with Brock Turner and... Uh, it's it's just going to be a rough one and we're going to power through it and we're going to be as sensitive as we can and we're going to try to bring as much levity into it as we can. We'll do our usual segments. It's just, it's a rough one. It's hard. So the episode starts out with a soccer game because apparently Spinner plays soccer now and I'm pretty sure this is the first and the last time we ever see Spinner playing soccer. There might be like one more time later in this season. I think he does with Marco, maybe. Maybe I'm going crazy. I don't know. Um, also, fair warning, I am going to occasionally use comedy as a defense mechanism, <laughs> Chandler Bing style. My first note is, Dean looks like a date rapist. He does. He looks so fucking slimy and, I like, menacing. He has, like, weird, like... Just like a weird, he just looks at Paige in an awful way, like right off the bat. So kudos to the actor for getting into character, I guess. He looks like the human embodiment of like the big bad wolf about to eat one of the three little pigs. Yeah, for sure. He is very menacing. Also, this has to be the last time we see Jimmy play soccer because that just doesn't make any sense at all. Apparently he's also on the team. I think Jimmy is just one of those, like, he plays all of the sports kind of guys. Yeah. So they're playing soccer against this team, and Spinner scores the winning goal, and Degrassi wins the game. But head spirit squad leader Paige is not cheering for her team. She's awestruck by Dean, the captain of the other team's soccer team. Um and Hazel is like trying to talk to her and she won't snap out of it. And she's like sees Paige looking at Dean. She's like, that ain't never going to happen. And Paige is like, um, that's a double negative. You're a double negative. And I loved how she pointed out she corrected Hazel's grammar and then used it to also insult Hazel. And I thought that was pretty spot on page work. I also wrote down you're a double negative because <laughs> um, I think that that's a pretty sweet burn. Um, 
And then Spinner asks Paige out, and he's actually very sweet about it. And Hazel is like, Spinner likes you. And Paige is like, not all we're friends, which is like, Paige, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, I wrote I wrote down, aw, Spinner's in love with Paige, and he's already whipped because he's like, because Paige is like, Ugh, no, like, gore, no action, no blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, no, chick flicks all the way. No worries, no worries. And I'm like, oh, Paige has such a power over you, Spinner, that makes you almost endearing. Yeah, but that changes um, halfway through this episode, but that's fine. Um, And then he's in the locker room with Jimmy, and he jumps up on the bench. He's like, I'm a winner on the field and with the ladies. And I'm like, you're gross. (laughs) Awful. And then he's, like, bragging to Jimmy about how he and Paige are going to, like, have a movie night. And Jimmy's like, oh, yeah, set the mood. And then he makes a really awful horse metaphor about how you can lead the horse to water you can't make her drink but you can make her thirsty and I was like this makes me so uncomfortable and why is that in this episode please stop it's really unfortunate foreshadowing like I understand what they're doing but it's probably not a great idea it's it's just unsettling And then we also learn in this episode that JT is the mascot and I just wrote down like JT is too tiny to in that big ass mascot outfit also we didn't see the mascot once while they were actually playing soccer he's just like roaming the halls dressed as a panther also panthers are black so why is his costume yellow i get that it's their school color but yes not accurate in any way shape or form um I think so. Let's knock out the B plot because it's literally not important at all. JT and Toby are sharing a locker because they volunteered, and JT's super messy, and Toby is super neat, and it's a whole thing. And Toby, very odd couple. Yes. And Toby literally like draws a line between like each half of the locker, and part of Toby's sweatshirt falls into JT's line, and JT's all pissed off because Toby's been throwing his shit out. So he cuts the arm on toby's sweatshirt and toby gets mad and they get in a little scuffle but then they make up and it's not important at all i just wrote down several times literally who cares about this b plot um (laughs) it's fine it has a nice ending it's got a resolution jt cuts off his own sleeve in like solidarity and then they're friends again genuinely who gives a shit nobody does So after the soccer game, after Paige has agreed to go out with Spinner, then she sees Dean like on the bus and goes up and talks to him and starts like flirting with him. And as the bus is driving away, he's like, there's going to be a party at this address later. Come like come see us, blah, blah, blah. And like yells it out the window. My only funny note about Dean, because he's just scum of the earth, is um. Did he really just yell a full address out of a bus window? <laughs> like, is that how he just invited her? He yelled out a full address. Not like his phone number. Full address. I expected a zip code. I would have never remembered that. Nope. Had someone yelled an address at me. Um, even if it were like in a town I was very familiar with. She didn't even write it down. And it wasn't like it was like 123 Sesame Street. It was like a proper address. Yeah. Case in point, I do not remember that address now, and we watched this episode 20 minutes ago. But they magically remember it. She and Hazel go shopping, 
She wants to buy these heels, which aren't very cute or very tall, but they think they are both of those things. And she texts Spinner and tells him that her grandmother is sick and she bails while Spinner and Jimmy are at a blockbuster renting movies. I always feel weird making up like a grandparent excuse because I feel like it's like bad luck almost like it's like jinxy. Like, why don't you just say that you're not feeling well? Just be like, I'm not feeling great. Because even if I do that, I feel like it's like I'm going to end up being sick because I lied about it because I'm a crazy person. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I mean, just say that you're not feeling well or your mom is making you stay in or something. Don't be like my grandmother's dying. Like, that's just screaming for bad karma. Also, what happens when your grandmother actually is dying? You're going to become like the girl who cried wolf and then you're going to be exposed for a monster for lying about a gr- dying grandparent at some point in your life. Whatever. She uses a bad excuse. Spinner is sad that she canceled on him. But Jimmy's like, no worries. I got a backup plan, which we will find out what that is later on. So Paige and Hazel go to this party. And Paige is very smitten with Dean. She's following him around, lying about liking music he likes and clearly has no idea what she's talking about. And while he goes to get them drinks, this older girl at the party is like, tells Paige like, hey, maybe you should cool it. He's a little bit older than you. And I was like... Girl, that was not a very good warning. Not at all. I mean, she's trying to be a pal and like, God bless her for being like here to help a sister out. But and and I understand that it's like a sensitive subject and it's she's trying to be delicate in like a really public place. She can't be like this person that I'm friends with is kind of a rapist. Um, And so instead, she's just like, he's a little old for you. But Paige, of course, takes that as a challenge because it's just not phrased in a way that's like, this is bad. But also, I mean, I feel like in this sort of situation, Paige right now thinks that Paige knows best. So she thinks that this other girl is just trying to like sabotage her, which is like sort of the environment that she's grown up in. It's a lot of like girls like fighting each other, basically. And like she's she kind of has like she's like queen bee of like mean girls and she is sort of this thing around her where it's like everyone's kind of mean to each other like as a way of like showing their hierarchy so she just assumes this girl is jealous which I totally understand um yeah and oh and also when they come to the party Dean uh is like spirit friend which I think is really condescending I hate that he calls her spirit it's like when um uh what's his name uh who's Matt Zucre's character on Gilmore Girls um oh, logan. logan how logan calls rory ace i always thought that was like weird and condescending like just use my fucking name um in the great words of destiny's child say my name mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just i just uh. yeah not amazing also not amazing Paige's outfit at the party should we do a little mini fashion police i guess I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a lot of notes about fashion. I, all of my notes about fashion are just me trying to distract myself from everything in the world that's happening in this episode. Um, I don't love Paige's outfit, uh, the weird peasant top thing, although it's very, like, of the time. Um, I think it's kind of, like, like, her heels aren't high or cute, but I think it's kind of sweet because it's, like, when you're 14, you think that, like, 
any sort of heel is like a really high heel. So it's like them being like three inches tall is like a BFD, which I think is really cute, Um, which just goes to show more of like the innocence of the character that is Paige right now, Um, which is bumming me out. Um, uh, JT's clown wig is stupid. <laughs> I forgot about the clown wig. Um, Terry's cornrows are back in full force and I'm not about it. I... All of, I didn't write that many fashion notes, and most of mine are from part two, which I'm probably just going to lump into here. I love Paige's, like, long jean skirt. The platform black, like, slip-on heels are back. Um, I do love those. Um, JT is wearing a really dumb backwards baseball cap, and it makes his head look funny. Terry wears that like stripy skirt again that I'm not crazy about, but they always think looks really good on her. And it's like she has better outfits. Um, and Liberty is wearing those shitty overalls, and I hate the overalls. Yeah, and I love Paige's outfit at the concert, but. And oh, and Terry brings back like the OG PMS outfit, like the sparkly top yeah. and jeans. Um, I think those are the only notes I, I really have. Yeah, I mean, their outfits when they like at the very end of the episode when they're like doing the concert, they all look awesome. Like mm-hmm. they look very cool. It's like very on point. I'm really into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really all I have. Oh, I did like Ashley's purple hair chunks and ellie in her brief appearances looks awesome um so closing out fashion police and moving on so they're at the party um and dean is giving Paige all these lines about like how beautiful her eyes are and how beautiful she is and she's just like falling for it hook line and sinker and it's physically painful to watch because i feel like we've all been there (laughs) and it's like it's you're just like oh oh honey oh no it's this is bad like he's so slimy he's so slimy so 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 slimy but also you can you understand why she's so smitten because he's saying all the right things that you think like that are like straight out of a fucking ya novel um but then spinner and jimmy walk into the party Surprise, surprise, Jimmy's backup plan was this random party at some person's house who doesn't go to Degrassi. Um, I feel like Jimmy just knows all the cool spots, like, secretly. He just knows everything that's cool. Um, And Hazel walks up to her, and she's like, we got to go. Jimmy and Spinner are here. Um, And Spinner's wearing a terrible shirt. She doesn't say that, but I thought (laughs) it. And Paige is like, no, I'm going to, like, I'm I'm so close. But I don't know what she thinks she's close to. I think at this stage the thing to be close to is kissing. When you're 14, you're like, I'm so close. Like we're almost like in my dream scenario, straight out of a YA novel where like he's in love with me and he's going I'm going to get like a good night kiss at the end of this. That's like where my brain goes to I'm so close because in my Looking, I'm like, girl, just give him your phone number and get the fuck out. But I think it's also that feeling where you feel like if you leave before you think like something has happened, it's like you're never going to talk to this person again. You're you're going to miss your opportunity and he's never going to like you ever again. And that's it's like very like 
do or die, like very extreme thinking when you're talking to a boy, when you're just so fucking invested in it. And I think that's also where she is. It's just it's just so hard to watch. And um, so she turns to Dean and she's like, it's kind of loud out here. Can we go somewhere like more quiet where we can talk? Um, and he's like, you know, he he might as well be like that cartoon wolf where like the eyes pop out of their head and he like licks his lips or whatever. And he's like, yeah, let's go. So he like brings her into his friend's room and she's like, let's turn on the light. And he's like, no. And she's like, OK. Um, and she's like, but I can't see anything. And he's like, here's the bed. Here's the door. Here's the party. And she's like, why are we whispering? And he's like, because my friends are Neanderthals. Which. Okay, pot, kettle, black. Yeah. Um, and I don't want them. And he's like, and I don't want them to overhear us. And I was like, gross. And then they start kissing. And then things escalate. And then the, we all know what happens. He forces himself on her onto the bed. She says no. The camera pans away. It was very difficult to watch. It's it's just it's hard to watch. Like it's a great episode. It's just very hard to watch. Um, and if you are a victim of sexual assault, there are hotlines that you can call. I recommend googling. Um, you know, don't don't be afraid to ask for help from like you know, therapists and counselors and that sort of thing. But uh yeah, so so he does. He he rapes her. Um and and then the next day Paige is at school and she's you can tell that she is very affected by it, but still isn't totally sure what happened. And she's still trying to make sense of the situation. So, yeah, she's really struggling with it. And, um, you know, she's definitely just trying to process everything. And, of course, you know, Hazel and Terry are all in her face like, what happened? Um, and Hazel is like, something happened because she went alone with him in his room and blah, blah, blah. It was a whole thing. And um, it it was a lot. And, you know, and she and of course, she doesn't want to, like, really talk about it. But she she kind of does this thing where they're in the media immersion room and she's talking to Hazel and she's doing this thing where it's like um she's almost bragging but in a way that it's like she's not sure it's kind of like she's trying to convince herself that it's okay um and that's that should not be misinterpreted as a person who wasn't raped that should be interpreted as a person who is has experienced a trauma and doesn't know how to deal with it and isn't even sure that it really happened because he didn't like hold a gun up to her head basically which is how a lot of people will treat uh victims of sexual assault is if you weren't knocked out or they didn't like hold you down and like put a knife to your throat like you weren't raped which is bullshit so this is something that she's struggling with and i think that by her talking to hazel in this way and being like we did more than kiss blah 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 is like her way of being like this is fine. I can get through this. I wanted this, right? This is fine. And she even, and she, I mean, she talks about it later, how she even thinks that it's her fault, which is like a very common feeling that people who have been raped have. Yeah. And when she's talking to Hazel, it's also almost like 
she's testing the waters to see Hazel's reaction to maybe help put together some of the pieces and make more sense of what happened. And so she tells Hazel that they did more than kiss. And Hazel's like, oh, my God, big news. And then she won't stop bothering Paige about it. She's like, oh, my gosh, you have to tell me everything. And then later they go, Paige goes into the bathroom and they have a conversation. And Paige is crying in the bathroom stall and is saying it, it, losing her virginity isn't what she thought it was going to be. She thought it would be beautiful. She tells Hazel she didn't even want to do it and that she said no. And then Hazel is very frank and upfront with her and it's like Paige if you said no then that means that it was rape and Paige still has a hard time accepting it which again is not uncommon I mean she's like I dressed like a slut and blah 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 it's so it's very hard to watch um and the reason that she is even crying in the bathroom in the first place before Hazel gets there is um to add some levity, uh, Spinner and Jimmy are walking, and Jimmy has overheard um, Terry and Hazel talking to Paige about how she like hooked up with Dean. Um, so Jimmy is like listening to Spinner be like, "So I'm gonna reschedule with Paige, and I got like, and we're gonna go like see Star Wars at the cinema." Which, first of all, why does Spinner think that Paige is gonna be interested in a Star Wars marathon? And also, I wanted to note that Jimmy is a good friend to all because he doesn't right away rat out Paige. He's, he starts off with, like, Spinner, I think maybe you should, like, set your sights elsewhere. Like, I, I think that she's just really busy with her life right now. And Spinner's like, what? And he's like, she hooked up with someone else. She's not into you. Whatever. Which is like, all right, Jimmy, you tried for a minute. I, I respect that. Yeah. So then Spinner gets very bummed out about it. And... After the class that they were in, he approaches Paige in the hallway and asks her how her grandmother was doing. And she's definitely still kind of in a trance. She's very out of it. And she's like, oh, what? Oh, yeah, she's fine. And then he's like, oh, okay, good. How's Dean? Yeah, I heard about it. And Paige's like, I don't want to talk about this. You don't know what you're talking about. Please leave me alone. And then when she tries to walk away and Spinner grabs her and then she has a like a very bad reaction to that and is like, don't touch me. Don't ever touch me. He, he calls her a slut and he says something about her like not saying no or, or whatever. And it's just physically painful to witness. And then and when he says that thing about her not saying no or and her being a slut, she slaps him in the face which is perfect. I mean, it's it's hard to watch him yell at her because it's so fucking stupid and he's a dumb, dumb boy and I hate him. Um, but she slaps him in the face and I'm like, she should have just knocked his teeth out. But slap in the face is good. Um, and that's when Hazel goes to her in the bathroom and she basically says like, yes, I was raped. And I I really respect Hazel for being like, this is what happened to you. She's not like, there's no fucking around. She's like, no, you were raped. This is not your fault. Like, she's just right away, like, ride or die best friend, like, fucking knocks it out of the park because that's such, especially when you're that age, like, a, a, other people your age are not really going to understand what happened. And for Hazel to right away be like, no, you were raped. That was not, like, 
losing your virginity, fun sex, that was you were raped. You said no. Like, no, no, no. And then even after, so after that, Paige kind of storms out of the bathroom and starts walking home or they're outside. And Hazel is still like, you need to go to a doctor. We need to figure this out. And Paige is like, no, I don't want to deal with any of this. He wore a condom. It's fine. Which I'm like, that doesn't mean that everything's fine, but okay. Um, but Hazel is still just very persistent and very concerned about her friend's well-being, which I also greatly appreciated and admired about Hazel in the situation. And but Paige just doesn't, she's she doesn't want Hazel's help. She doesn't want to think about it. She doesn't want to talk about it. She just wants to forget that it happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, so that's is that kind of where we leave it? That's part one. That's kind of where we leave it with part one, and then like the B line is resolved or whatever. Who cares? So then part two, the episode synopsis from the wiki is haunted by memories of a recent sexual assault, Paige is desperately trying to appear normal. A girl band contest sounds like a great distraction. Terry wants to reunite PMS, including Ashley. Paige refuses and recruits Hazel instead. After a disastrous rehearsal with Hazel's grating voice and Terry's terrible lyrics, Paige takes action and invites Ashley to rejoin the band. Paige's pain resurfaces when Ash shows up the next day with a new song inspired by rape. Paige can't bear listening to it and walks out during rehearsal. When Ashley confronts her, Paige reveals her secret. I think that's a pretty good place to jump off from. Like, we got a good, like, so, yeah, there's a music contest coming back to school. They can win a trip to L.A. They want to do it. But Terry writes an awful poem. And Hazel is not the best singer in the world. Hazel Spice, as Paige calls her at one point. And so Ashley wrote this powerful poem in class and Paige is like goes to her house and is like I want to write about something real um I don't want to sing about something stupid we like sold we cheesed out last time there was a music contest but then fucking Ashley classic Ashley gloms on to somebody else's experiences because she doesn't really have a point of reference personally and research and she's like, oh, I went on the net and researched these girls' accounts of being raped and I wrote a song about it because I don't because I think that's an okay thing to do. And understandably, it's very triggering for Paige. And she doesn't want to sing the lyrics, and Ashley won't fucking let it go until Paige storms out and is crying in the hallway, and then she finds out about what happened to Paige. Every part of Ashley in this, like, first half of part two is, like, makes me want to throw up everywhere. Like, it's physically painful. It's it's just, it's, it fucking hurts my body. Like, she's, like, she's fetishizing rape, basically. And it's, ugh, and I just, I can't handle it. It's really frustrating to witness her being like, I read all these accounts. And when she brings in the new lyrics and she's like, I I wrote a new song that's about rape, her like eyes light up and she's like, it's like disgusting to watch. It like hurts me. And um and Paige is like, no, 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 fuck you, no, which fair. Um, but Ashley doesn't understand. And I 
And I, I really am surprised that Hazel didn't push the issue more of Ashley letting it go. Like Terry stands up for Ashley and it's like, it is a better song. But Hazel should have been like, no, I hate this. Like just to like help a girl out. But she's very silent, um, which is annoying. Okay, Eventually she has polyps and that's why she's silent. But at the beginning, she's silent and has a voice. All right. Colin gave me a look. Well, I mean, I just thought that was a good part to bring up Paige's zinger. So Hazel was originally supposed to be their singer for the group. And she comes in during rehearsal and holds up a sign that says, I can't sing. And Paige is like, hon, you're not that bad. Which made me laugh a lot. I, I just wrote down lol. Um, but Hazel was even prepared for that and like turned her like paper over and it said polyps and she has polyps and because from over practice and she has lost her voice. So then Ashley is allowed to sing the song and then she goes into like the very like deeply disturbing lyrics that she wrote and Paige storms out. Um, but before before this happens, uh, they are in the media immersion room fighting over the lyrics again. Um, and Ashley just says like one line that I like is burned into my brain now. And she's like, I can like imagine or whatever. Or like I or like I can fantasize. Is it I can imagine or no, she I think she said like I'm allowed to imagine. I think it's I'm allowed to imagine. And Paige just comes back with no, you're not. Which agreed like it it was it infuriated me it made me so mad um do we ever want to talk about the b plot of this storyline at all i already forgot about it but we can zoom through that so the b plot of this half of the episode is um there the grade eights have like a project in media immersion to like do a project on their hero i guess and Liberty chooses JT, which I also wrote down, like, why would you choose him? Also, how is this an acceptable project anyway? So she just sh- dresses up like JT. She wears a Hawaiian shirt and a backwards hat, which, you- good job, Liberty. That's very on point for JT. And just shows, like, a bunch of embarrassing childhood photos of him. Yeah, it's not even a report more than it is, like, a weird slideshow. And I don't understand it, but whatever, it's fine. And then they like basically spend the whole episode fighting and he's like, you are boring and you suck and you're a big geek. And it's very like he's channeling like Ron Weasley in the first uh, Harry Potter when he's like making fun of Hermione behind her back. Like it's very much like that, except it's right to Liberty's face. But I want to talk about the B plot only because Liberty has one line. That's my favorite. She takes the pet like she takes a red pen and she draws all over his locker and it looks like the anarchy symbol and i don't know if that was on purpose or not but i hope it was and then she says um oh my god i have it i have it i'm sorry hold on it's right here and then she says i'm edgy jt i'm on fire (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh no you're not liberty you saying that just as evidence of that and So she like draws on his locker and Mr. Radich obviously thinks that JT did it and not Liberty and he gets pulled to the office and Liberty's like smirking and like, haha, I got him in trouble because that's how edgy I am. And then she goes to class and tells Toby about it and he's like, oh no, that's it. His mom said if he got in trouble one more time, she was going to transfer him to private school. So then Liberty's like, oh no, I got to admit that I did something wrong. So then she admits to Radich that she did it and then she has to scrub off the thing 
from the locker with a toothbrush and bleach or something. And and then at the very end, JT tells her he she's cool. And she's like, did JT just say I was cool? And he was like, yeah, don't let it go to your head. And then he looks like he's going to kiss her. And then he goes, see you later, rebel. And he leaves. He like... He's like he like puts his face super close to hers and like whips it away. And then he like walks down the hall and turns around and winks at her. I just is it is it weird that this is my ship of the episode? Like of both episodes, JT Liberty is my ship of the episode. I didn't think it would come this soon, but it's here. It was super but I mean it was my ship and it was also just so weird, but I also like kind of liked it. Yeah, me too. It's definitely my ship of the episode um, for that one weird moment. And also because of like the Ron Hermione parallels that I was making in my brain. I was like, oh, yeah, I see what this is. Okay, Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that was the B plot of that episode. Oh, also just a little add on to that. I was really happy that when JT was like insulting Liberty and being really awful to her, that Manny and Emma were just like totally backing Liberty up and were like, like being like really good friends to her which I feel like we hadn't like we definitely didn't see that in season one that often yeah no that was that was a nice moment too that was good um so anyway back to the a plot um so yeah uh Ashley says uh, I'm allowed to imagine Paige says no you're not because fuck you Ashley you are not allowed and then they're in the music room um, and Hazel has polyps and Paige gets in a good singer and then Ashley starts playing the other song, which granted is a much better song. Like it's like very good. Um, but it's, you know, like Paige freaks out and runs, which fair. And she goes into the hallway. She's at her locker. Ash is like, oh my God, I don't know why you're so upset. Like this, it's such a better song. Da da da. And like, I'm kind of like, Ashley, read the room. Paige is like visibly upset about this. Maybe we can ask her why she doesn't want to do it rather than just being so combative, but whatever. But then eventually Paige just breaks down because Ashley's like, or Paige is like, I don't like the lyrics. They're, they suck. They're awful. I don't want to sing it. And Ashley's like, I did a lot of research on this. I know a lot more about rape than you do. And then Paige just falls to the ground and sl- like slams her locker, sh- locker shut and falls to the ground. And then finally Ashley's like, oh, wait, I get it. I did a bad thing. Yeah, Ashley realizes that, oh, no, I've been a huge asshole by accident. So she gets a like crash course and like not... Um, trying to absorb other people's experiences without having them yourself and being like, I like, like just trying to like, it's, it's almost like over empathizing, but then like making it about yourself. Um, so she turns around really quick and she becomes a very good friend to Paige, which is a really nice moment. It's good to see them be friends again, especially after everything that they've been through that they can come back together like better as better friends than they were before. Because before I feel like it was a a very base in like competition and now they are like connecting on a more personal level. Um, But yes, Ashley finally realizes maybe when dealing with sensitive subject matter, we should actually be a sensitive human being and 
like maybe like take a moment to think about what you're doing and take a step back from the situation and don't do that. So she agrees to go back to like the original lyrics that aren't as heavy and they it's the night of the performance and they're all ready to go. They go out on stage and Paige turns around and she sees that Dean is in the audience and I think I really liked the camera trick that they did when they showed his face. It was just like boom, 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 like kind of like zoomed very jump cutty to his face. And I think it did a good job of just illustrating like that. Oh, that tunnel vision of like of Paige just realizing like, holy fuck, he's in the audience. It's very powerful. And then she stops playing and all the music stops and you just hear that terrible beat. And she turns around to Ashley and uh, and you can hear like all the people like chittering in the background. And she turns to Ashley and she's like, he's here. And Ashley's like, who? And she was like, he's here. And Ashley's like, oh, shit. Like, do we should we go? Like, what do you want to do? And she's like, we can go like it's fine. And then the most perfect moment in television history happens. And she is awesome doing it. And she is super brave. And she sings the song. And it's awesome and she's so much better than all the other girls in this band why hasn't she been singing this whole time she sings the song so much better than ashley does and so yeah she starts reciting the lyrics and then she turns around and you can see she just has this like full force of like energy and she's like has an adrenaline an adrenaline rush and just wants to like like cut into dean like as much as she possibly can with her she's taking back the some of the power that she lost and she just wants to fucking hurt him with her badass song her badass performance it's amazing I love this moment me too I think that we should maybe drop in the song here so that like we can relive it the entire I think the entire like song scene so just take a listen to how powerful and great this moment is. It, it happens to other people. You say how sad. You say poor thing. But when it's you, it's something else. It's everything.
so yeah like powerful just a just a really fucking good scene and then um and then they're at school the next day or after the weekend or whatever i don't know what the time jump is um but they're at school and they're talking and um you know and and they're like they didn't win but ashley was like yeah but they you were right Paige. they never were gonna like pick a song about rape as like a winner and Paige goes especially not one sung by me and they laugh which is like okay i guess i don't know um i don't know if it's like i don't know what that joke is supposed to be i think it's mainly like Paige isn't supposed to be the singer so she's like oh especially it's not sung by me because i wasn't supposed to sing it originally i don't know whatever yeah, that makes sense. And then Ellie comes up behind them and she's like, you guys were awesome, which is really nice. Like, it's just a very um, heartening ending to it. It's like, you know, because now Ashley is back with her other friends, but Ellie is still like involved in the group and it's very inclusive and like all the girls are together. And that's like really something that I want to see out of something like this is that like all the women are sticking together in this situation of crisis and nobody is like fucking each other over because it's like oh no one of ours is in need and we're all in this together and we can all be friends and we can all make this work which I think is really great yeah I really did like that and then in keeping with that spirit of solidarity the other girls break off and it's Ashley and Paige and Ashley kind of walks Paige to the guidance counselor's office and she's like okay are you sure you're ready to do this and Paige is like yes I'm ready to talk or as ready as I'll ever be. And the episode ends with her going into the guidance counselor's office. And it's it's just a good end to the episode. Um, So, I mean, obviously, Spirit Squad captain is Paige, right? Forever and always Paige. Okay, moral of the story, I don't think we even need to say it. So, you know. Yeah, and we did ship. And um, I would really just quickly... I, I looked it up in the interim, but I, I would really like to. Um, so if you are a victim of uh, sexual assault, there's I, I just know the hotline for the U.S., um, but the like foundation is called RAIN, uh, R-A-I-N-N, uh, RAIN.org. You can Google them um, or you can call 1-800-656-HOPE. So that's one 800 656 four six seven three um so yes uh you're not alone um you shouldn't blame yourself and you know even if it's something that you think is maybe a gray area you know do what feels right for you if it felt like that sort of situation please call the hotline or see a therapist or talk to somebody because you you shouldn't let yourself like eat up about this basically you don't have to be alone in any of this kind any of in this experience and reaching out and talking to somebody just even a friend can help and just take all the help that you need and that and it is available to you help is always available so I think that wraps up the two-part heavy episode um i guess we can get into our gratuitous plugs now um you can follow us on twitter the grassy pod you can follow us on tumblr whatever it takes podcast.tumblr.com 
You can email us if you have any questions, whatever it takes podcast at Gmail. We're on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kelsex with the Z at the end. And I'm going to plug as my thing. Um, Holland once mentioned uh, Sarah Anderson, the uh, like cartoonist. Um, she has another book that I just finished um, called Adulthood is a Myth. That's a delight. And I totally recommend that. I'm just going to recommend a good way to discover podcasts that I just kind of got into. Um, if you like any podcasts that are on Earwolf, Earwolf has an app called Earwolf Presents, which is kind of a jumping off point for a lot of podcasts that become like their own established thing. For example, I mentioned in a previous episode that I'm binging on Reality Show Show. I discovered that because their first episode was on Earwolf Presents back in like 2012. But it also has a lot of like one-off like mini series podcasts that aren't like big enough to hold their own podcast, but they just it's hosted on Earwolf Presents. So it's a good way to discover new shows or just even little bite-sized po- bite-sized podcasts. So check it out. Um, and again, guys, thank you for bearing with us for this episode. It was a rough one. Um, and yeah, uh, like I said, you know, we're all here for you. Bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers. <laughs>